0: What else? This is the Soapbox for the week of May 31st, 2021. Let's start with this premise. We must acknowledge that almost everyone loves to reflect longingly on better times. It's not just an American thing. It's part of the human condition. We like to claim that times before were far better than now, whenever now is. The before can be anything from before we ourselves were even born, or simply a time earlier in our own personal lives. Much of this comes from imagery and personal memories. Americans, aware of their nation's history, often wax nostalgic about the 1950s. This is almost always associated with pictures and stories we were told of the post-World War II high, the booming economy, and the nation as a whole having established itself as the world's leader. Sounds great, doesn't it? And it was! Unless you were a woman or a person of color, things weren't so great for them, let alone anyone questioning their sexuality or even their gender. Generation Xers, people of my age, tend to glamorize the 90s, thanks to the fact that the economy was booming, most of us were in our 20s, and as we remember it, everything was just great. People got along, most were happy, there was a fitness and health boom, not to mention Seinfeld, Friends, the dawn of fast-paced action films like Speed. We had grunge, alternative rock, pop, and country music that were all wildly popular. Everyone played Super Nintendo, and we all talked around the water cooler at work. And there was also the promise of this fancy and exciting new thing called the internet. Meanwhile, we were also ushering in the age of school shootings across America and slowly beginning to literally destroy the foundation of societal America by handing out participation trophies and launching the self-esteem movement designed to make our children feel better about themselves while accomplishing absolutely nothing by telling them that they were always correct and right and, of course, special. My point is, things are always crystal clear in the brain's rear-view mirror because we're able to self-edit and omit at will. Which is how many people today decry the biased media as though it's never existed before, completely ignoring the facts of the past and the reality of the present. Forgiving the use of hyperbole, there was never an unbiased, fair, or bipartisan media writ large in America. Walter Cronkite, a.k.a. the most trusted man in America was loudly and proudly liberal by his own definition, yet we're told was unbiased in his reporting. An unbelievable assertion, especially when you take the time to actually review many of his most famous moments. The big three of the aforementioned 90s, the news reporters Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, and Dan Rather, were all leftists, entrusted with telling Americans the news, when what they actually did was skew the facts and events to fit their political narrative. This, in fact, was the justification for the rise of Rush Limbaugh and later Fox News. It was to balance the playing field, you know, by lying, omitting, and distorting the other news in the opposite direction of what had been previously considered to be factual. Two wrongs make a right. No pun intended. See, because they're on the right. Get it? Fox Limbaugh on the right. Never mind. The argument that there was a time when we were given facts by news reporters is infantile. It's naive, it's nostalgic, and it's provably untrue if you desire to indulge yourself in the time to research the facts, as opposed to what you've been told or what you've chosen to remember. Plus, it completely misses the point. Prior to the turn of this century, even with Limbaugh exploding and Fox News emerging, there was an understanding and acceptance in America that has long since disappeared, much to our detriment. No matter our disagreements many of them volatile and powerful. There is something we have completely lost unlike at no other time in our history save the Civil War. We've lost our Americanism. See, now there's tribalism, which is the state of being organized by or advocating for tribes or tribal lifestyles. Human evolution has primarily occurred in small groups as opposed to people's cooperation within a society as a whole, save one exception, America, prior to 2000. Don't misunderstand. There's always been what I call microtribalism in America, and there always will be. But as a nation, we still rallied around the country as a whole. We were, at the core, Americans, which was defined as our ability to freely fight with one another, but always acknowledge that we were united as one nation. That notion was shattered in the presidential election of 2000, Bush v. Gore, and has never been repaired. In fact, it's worse now than it's ever been since 1861 there is quite literally nothing that unites us as a nation. A year ago, I used this same analogy with a different name, but it's no less true. If President Biden were assassinated tomorrow, there would be no national unity as there has been in the past when such a calamity occurred with one of our leaders. Half the nation would mourn, but the other half would cheer. And you know damn well the same is true had it been Trump. We're coming out of a global pandemic. We're leading the world's way out of a global pandemic. We're not united as Americans over that triumph. We're still arguing about how we handled it. We've become a nation of tribalist cannibals, willing, even hoping, to eat our own in an effort to recreate the nation in our own image while not even allowing the other opinions a voice. It's the most un-American we've ever been. Enter social media. Ugh. Social media isn't simply that. In fact, 53% of all Americans say that social media is their primary, if not only, news source. You heard that correctly. More than half of this nation gets its news from social media. Think of all the lunacy you see posted daily on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and everything in between, and then soak in the knowledge that 53% use that as news. In fact... Many tech conglomerates cite that very fact as the reason that they had to become more involved with the dissemination of facts. I mean, after all, if you are one of a handful of people who control and operate more than half of the nation's access to information, you have a moral obligation to be mindful, don't you? The answer, of course, is hell no, but we don't live in a sane society. It is neither Big Tech's job nor the government to control, translate, meter, limit, or deny our access to not just information, but also each other's thoughts that we're willing to share. In the government's case, it would be unconstitutional. In the instance of three major corporations controlling 90% of all social media, it's a blatant violation of American antitrust laws. And either way, it's wrong and reprehensible, and most notably, dangerous and dishonest. Enter the modern-day Walter Cronkite. There isn't one. Rather, there are many fractured into various tribes. Sean Hannity, Rachel Maddow, Tucker Carlson, Chris Cuomo, Mark Levin, and Anderson Cooper are all considered the modern-day Cronkite by varying factions of tribes around the nation. Meanwhile, the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Examiners simply spend each day printing articles that completely contradict one another, thus canceling out the truth. But hey, at least they're all speaking and being heard or read. Enter Big Tech. They took a decidedly different role in terms of weaponizing their bias and influence, rather than deciding to simply slant every story to fit their narrative. For the past couple of years, big tech has taken to deletion, the active removal of opinions, and in many cases, news stories printed in legitimate, albeit biased, entities like the New York Post. Silencing what you view as the opposition is the mark of dictators, tyrants, cowards, and lunatics, It's also a sign of both fear and malicious secrecy meant to intentionally make sure people never find things out. Or, at the very least, when they do, it's far too late and or irrelevant. And sadly, there's no way to cover this topic without getting political. So allow me to take a moment to discuss the putrid state of such. Anyone who claims that the administration of Donald Trump was not the most overtly dishonest one in modern American history is a delusional liar not to be taken seriously. And, for what it's worth, about 140 days in... Joe Biden has given him a run for his money. Remember, the America-Mexico border is closed. There is no immigration crisis. Say that five times in the mirror and Salma Hayek will show up behind you with a hook for a hand and disembowel you. Which, actually, a lot of you would probably enjoy, so never mind. There, I said something bad about both sides of the political aisle which, for some reason, is required in today's America in an attempt to show that you aren't on one team or another. And why any of you align yourselves with either of these parties is beyond me and a topic for another time. With all of that said and established, the truth is that big tech is markedly liberal, and admittedly so. So when they embarked on their mission to help feeble-minded Americans have access to only the truth, they did so by assuming that anything anyone conservative said was false. I mean, it was, and it still is, so childish and disgusting to approach the dissemination of information like you're a child. You cover your ears, and you go, la, 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 over and over, and never let the person that you disagree with be heard. That's not a way to run a platform designed to share both information and opinions. And yet, they've been doing it for years. For the last 15 months, if you had the audacity to suggest, assert, or question where and how COVID-19 started, you were labeled as a conspiracy theorist, and on social media, your posts were tagged and often deleted for containing, quote, false information. After all, it was well known to everyone that the virus began with a bat in a wet market eaten by a human, and so transmission began. Turns out, there's actually always been pretty compelling evidence that the virus was created by humans in China perhaps with the knowledge and consent and maybe even money of America, and escaped the laboratory. And by the way, to be completely candid, that story bores me to tears, and it's not the point. No matter what the truth is, my life will not be altered in any way, and nor will yours. We aren't going to war with China. None of us are going to see financial reparations, and we certainly aren't bringing back 600,000 dead Americans and 100,000 small businesses that we lost to our idiotic managing of the pandemic. Get over it. Get back to your life. But what doesn't bore me is the canary in the coal mine of that story being acknowledged. Everyone now acknowledges that it's more than likely that something we were told was flatly untrue and not allowed to be said is now probably more than likely true and always has been. So let's go down that rabbit hole for a minute. Posts claiming that masks did nothing to stop the spread of COVID were also labeled and handled in an identical manner as the Wuhan lab theory multiple studies saying such about masks were banned in fact as an experiment do this for me try posting the university of louisville study that came out last week entitled masks didn't slow covid spread and let me know if that's allowed now you can just google it to find it i mean i mean after all it's a respected university that relied entirely on cdc data to come to its conclusion That certainly should be something we all are allowed to see, debate, and discuss, so I'll be curious to hear the results. The governor of Florida had a press conference a few months ago, deleted from YouTube, because in it were accredited and respected doctors and disease specialists who were explaining why Florida's approach of living with the virus was safe and effective. That's why it was deleted. People who posted scientific studies showing that lockdowns did more harm than good were similarly blocked and erased, as were those who questioned the 2020 presidential election results. Which of those, if any, were actually known to be true? And or at least worthy of discussion or debate? Well, certainly, they're all worthy of discussion or debate in a free republic, such as the United States is designed to be and clearly has stopped being. All of this demands the question, what else is knowingly and maliciously being kept from us to even consider, let alone discuss and think about amongst ourselves? We aren't just being lied to overtly every day by Rachel Maddow on one side and Sean Hannity on the other, We're also being shielded from access to things. And as I've always said, a lie of omission is still a lie. And in an odd, ironic final twist, there's one thing that suddenly isn't being hidden from us at all by anyone on either side, which is unheard of today. Everyone from Tucker Carlson to 60 Minutes to all social media and mainstream news along with talk radio are all brazenly talking about multiple and verifiable sightings and recordings of UFOs by the American military. So here we have one of the most covered up, ignored, and labeled as wackadoodle topics of the past 50 years that suddenly mainstream, normal, fascinating, and acceptable for all sides to cover without blame or finger pointing to the other side. It shouldn't take a tinfoil hat to make most Americans take pause and ask why suddenly are all sources of information spending inordinate amounts of time with almost no political spin, on a subject that up until recently was considered fodder only for tabloids and kooks. And yet, none of us are doing that, wondering about that. I promise you that there's a reason it's happening. And I also promise you that when we find out, it'll be far too late.